Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, Oregon. It's Tuesday, April 21st. This is Elliot News with a news briefing from The Oregonian and Oregon Live. Oregon's decades-long practice of allowing non-unanimous juries to convict felony defendants came to an end Monday when the U.S. Supreme Court found such verdicts to be unconstitutional. The ruling could invalidate hundreds of criminal convictions in the state. The 6-3 vote overturns an earlier decision in the nation's high court nearly 50 years ago that allowed the practice. Oregon was the only state in the country that allowed juries in most felony cases, aside from murder, to convict defendants with a 10-2 vote. Federal courts and all state courts require a unanimous verdict for crimes such as manslaughter, rape, and arson. In 2018, voters in Louisiana, the only other state that has allowed non-unanimous juries, rejected their system of split-verdict convictions. A relic of the Jim Crow era, scholars say it was adopted during Louisiana's 1898 Constitutional Convention to diminish the influence of black jurors upon verdicts. Oregon voters in 1934 approved a constitutional amendment creating the state's own non-unanimous jury system. Legal scholars argue Oregon's law aimed to silence immigrants and religious minorities who sat on juries. Fuku, the fried chicken chain from celebrity chef David Chang, is leaving Portland just as quickly as it arrived. The short-lived expansion began as something of a mystery, with Fuku locations appearing overnight this month on delivery apps. As it turns out, they weren't secretly open brick and mortars, but rather virtual restaurants that operate exclusively through such apps. Fuku's arrival angered Portland chefs, coming as the state's bars and restaurants were closed to on-premises dining and the majority of Oregon's 150,000 service industry workers were out of jobs. Fuku executives said the planned Portland rollout was in the works for six months, but the company beat a hasty retreat on Monday, acknowledging its timing was a little off. Two years after Wolves returned to Oregon, one, known as OR7, broke away from his pack in the northeast corner of the state and set out on his own. He headed southwest in search of a mate, then crossed the Cascades, the first wolf to do so in the modern era. By February of the next year, OR7 had traveled the length of the state and crossed into California, the first time a wolf had been reported in that state since 1924. Now, about a decade later, OR7 is presumed dead. He was last caught on a trail camera in August. At about 11 years of age, the canid was at the upper end of a wild wolf's lifespan, and during the state's annual wolf count, OR7's pack was observed, but the elder wolf was nowhere to be seen. OR7 would return to Oregon from California and find the mate he was looking for, establishing the rogue pack, the first in the western part of the state since the species was extirpated. Along his travels, tracked by a GPS chip embedded in a collar, OR7 gained a massive following. Wolf advocates celebrated his expedition, Livestock producers worried for their cows and sheep, 
as OR7's presence signaled the return of predators to parts of the West that they had been absent from for decades. When OR7 broke off from his pack in 2011, fewer than two dozen wolves were known to be in the state. In the 2019 Wolf Report released last week, Oregon had at least 158 organized into 22 packs. The city of Sublimity, population 3,000, has taken on an ambitious public health project. After a local nursing home saw an outbreak of 16 positive coronavirus tests, the town is leading an effort to provide every city resident with cloth face masks. The project, called Masks for Neighbors, expects to make 12,000 homemade masks to distribute not just door-to-door in Sublimity, but to surrounding communities in the North Santiam Valley of Marion County. City Councilor Greg Atkin, a retired firefighter, medic, and Department of Corrections supervisor, is leading the effort. We're small. We have a couple stop signs in town, no stoplights in town. We have a real, real strong bond with our neighbors, I believe. So far, as the Oregonian and Oregon Live Samantha Swindler reports, volunteer sewers have completed more than 2,000 masks. The face coverings have already gone out into the community, with priority given to frontline workers, retirement homes, and residents at a 55 and older mobile home park. Thanks for listening. For more news, pick up a copy of The Oregonian or visit OregonLive.com. Oregon Live.